First we see that He is our substitute. I'm talking about because I am born a sinner, I deserve death, I deserve hell. But Jesus looked through the portals of time. He saw who you were going to be in Him. And He died for you this morning. He substituted His life on a cross for you. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Wages is something that you have earned this morning. It's something that you worked for this morning. And because you worked for it, you deserve it. But God Almighty looked through the portals of time, sent His darling baby boy, born of a virgin, overshadowed the Holy Ghost, to be your substitute this morning. I'm talking about it was you that deserved to be hung out on a cross. But you know what? Jesus says, I love you so much that I'm willing to sacrifice myself in your place. We see as well He's our sacrifice. Whenever sin happened, something had to die. Blood had to be shed. And the darling baby boy, the only begotten this morning, sacrificed himself over 2,000 years ago whenever the wrath of God was being poured out into him, starting in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he went all the way up into the cross and through the cross as he was, the Bible says he's emulated. He was just ripped out. He was tortured. He was whipped with a cat of nine tails. And the precious blood that was shed was shed for the remission of our sins. We see that Jesus Christ is our sacrifice this morning. But I didn't finish quoting that verse in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Let me read it to you in its entirety. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We understand this morning that everybody's born a sinner. As, as sin entered into humanity through Adam and through Eve, Everybody is born under the sin curse. So we're all born sinners this morning. But Jesus has made a way out of sin for us through Jesus. He is our Savior. And He's trying to wake you up this morning. I'm talking about you're lost and undone in the weight of sin. You're out in the ocean with the high waves of sin in your life. And the lifeboat is coming right through. He's coming right by your way. He's trying to throw out a life preserver to you. But it's up to you to make that decision whether you want to stay in your sin or whether you want to be saved this morning. Because I'm here to tell you, He's not always going to keep coming by and coming by and coming by. Eventually, He's going to turn you over to a reprobate mind to do whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you this morning that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Why don't you just take His hand this morning? Why don't you just let Him throw out that wrath and pull you into the lifeboat so He can carry you on to safety this morning? We see who the Gospel is about this morning. Then we see as well the power the Gospel displays. We see... Uh, in the power of the, uh, the gospel displays, first we see it's in the description. It's the good news. The good news is the world doesn't have to stay lost. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. The good news is that very you sitting on these pews this morning, you can be saved. You can partake of the free gift of salvation this morning. That's the good news I'm trying to tell you about this morning. I see as well in the power of the, uh, the power of the gospel displays. We see it's also in the destination. You see, it came first to the Jew, to the Greek. Now let me stop and say this. This ain't in my notes. The, the Greeks, the Gentiles, did not replace the Jews. But it was offered to the Jews first. The Bible says this in John chapter 1, 
Verse 11, he, he being Jesus, Jesus came unto his own. That's the Jews. And his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. See, he came to the Jews. I'm talking about his first coming could have been his second coming if the Jews had just believed that Jesus is who he says he is. But they rejected him and they rejected him and they rejected him all the way up until through Stephen in the book of Acts where Stephen gives this long dissertation and he's like giving him scripture after scripture proving that Jesus is the Messiah. What do they do? They didn't want to receive the king of the Jews, so they stoned Stephen. And so he said, okay, you know what? Paul's button. Let's start, the, let's start the church age. And by doing that, he grafted us in. He grafted us in. See, Jesus, there's only one way to salvation. It's by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's one direction he's going. And these Greeks, these Gentiles, these pagans were doing their own thing. But he decided to graft them in. He didn't go and follow them and their methodology. No, instead, there's one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. And these Greeks had to be grafted in into salvation. So we see that. And that leads me up to my biggest point. The point I want y'all to get. I'm talking about the one great truth this morning. Number three is the pardon the gospel secures. I want you to see this. If you don't see anything else, I want you to see this this morning. The pardon... The gospel secures. You see, the Apostle Paul, the man that was inspired, all Scripture is is inspired. It was God-breathed, friend. It was inspired of the Holy Ghost. But the man that pinned it down was the Apostle Paul. What's so significant about this is that Paul was once killing Christians. He was killing people like me and like you that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. See, he was trained up to be a Pharisee. And he was, uh, he was looking to be one day a religious leader of that religious crowd. He had his own life. He had his own way. And the way that he had was not the way of the cross. The way that he had was not of Jesus. But we also see this. Paul had his life interrupted on the road to Damascus. See, he was going down the road to Damascus to do his own thing. But the sovereign God of heaven saw fit to reveal himself to him and to take the blinders off of him. And by doing that, he parted him through his saving faith right then and there. And we can find this in the book of Acts. See, right there we can see that even one of the worst people that wanted to kill kill Christians, wanted to kill them, God can save. But let me give you some, some other illustrations this morning about... The, who can be pardoned from the gospel. We find in Matthew chapter 8 this morning, there was a leper. And a leper is someone that had a disease. And then when the leper came and worshipped Jesus, he said, Lord. Now that word Lord in the Greek is kuros. It has a dual meaning this morning. It means master like in the way of uh, humanity. And also it means master in the lordship of his deity. This word Lord that the leper uses is equivalent to the word in the Hebrew Adonai, Adonai, which is Lord Jehovah. What this leper is saying to Jesus is that Jesus, you are the God of the Old Testament. You are the one that was, that is, and is to come. And I believe that you are who you say you are. I'm going to put my faith and my trust in you because I know that you can heal my disease. And more than that, you can save my very soul this morning. And that's what he was saying. I'm talking about the Bible says that the the leper, he worshiped 
Jesus, uh, the leper shouted the victory. The leper, he bowed his head and he proclaimed that Jesus is the very one that can save him this morning. The leper uh, asked Jesus, he said, Jesus, will you clean me? He asked Jesus, Jesus, will you forgive me? You know what the Bible said? The Bible said that Jesus put forth his hand. He touched the leper. This is what Jesus said. He said, I will. He said, I will. Jesus, will you forgive me? I will. Jesus says, I will be thou clean. The Bible says immediately the leper was clean. He didn't have to wait for something to happen. He didn't have to have some kind of confirmation. I'm talking about immediately the leper was clean. Let me show you as well. A man sick of the palsy. A servant of of a centurion man. Uh, Whenever whenever, uh, the centurion brought his servant, his friend, uh, sick of the palsy to Jesus... He brought him to Jesus with faith, knowing that God can save his friend. Let me say this morning, you may have a loved one in here this morning that you know is lost and going straight to a devil's hell. If they were to take their last breath today, they slip off into eternal damnation called hell. And let me tell you this morning, if God's dealing with you to bring them to the altar, bring them to the altar. Because I think my God's big enough to save them. I've seen it happen before, friend. But let me see. Let me show you as well the the the, the gospel that, that that pardons the faith of the centurion. Now the centurion, he was a Roman commander. He was a commander of a hundred men, and this centurion showed humility towards Christ, saying that he isn't even worthy, isn't even worthy to step foot under his roof. The centurion had so much faith. Uh, in Jesus Christ, that he told Jesus that he realizes all Jesus has to do is speak one word. That's all he has to do, and his servant would be healed. It's what Jesus said. Jesus, the Bible said Jesus marveled. He marveled. He said, I have not found so great faith, not in Israel. Do you understand that this centurion man is a man's man? I'm talking about he gets the job done. And if he can't get it done, he's going to find somebody else in that hundred men that he could do. And I could see, I could just imagine in my, own, in my own mind that this centurion man had tried to get his friend healed. He'd done everything in his power to get him healed. He couldn't do it. So you know what? He probably outsourced it. All right, I got a hundred men. Let's try to get this man healed. Didn't work. Okay, well, you got wives, you got daughters. Get them in here, see if we can get them healed. It didn't work. You see, a man that had it all, power, prestige, influence, realize that he cannot do nothing except the God of heaven intervene. He realized that he needed to humble himself. He couldn't get it on his own. He needed the God of heaven to come by his way to heal him. And it was the centurion's faith that pardoned him and his servant. Oh, I want you to see as well this morning. The demon-possessed people that's found in in Matthew chapter 8. You see, Jesus cast out the unclean spirits with His Word. And He healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the prophet Isaiah. Saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. According to Isaiah 53.4. You see, later, Jesus came upon two men at Gadara. And they were possessed with devils. Possessed with devils this morning. Demon possession this morning coming out of the tombs. And the Bible said they were exceedingly fierce. I'm talking about these are the type of people you just don't even want to speak to at Walmart. You can tell something's wrong with these, these kind of people. They were fierce. They were not good to be around. They were not pleasant. They were fierce. The Bible goes on to say so that no man might pass by the way. 
Talking about that. They, they were troublemakers. Why? Because they were possessed of devils this morning. And the Bible said they cried out. Listen. These demon possessed people cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? I realized by reading that, it wasn't the, it wasn't the demons possessed people speaking. It was the demons speaking through them. Because when it says, Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? What time? It's talking about the great white throne judgment. It's talking about whenever they're going to be judged. It was the demons speaking for them and through them. And the Bible said that the demons, those unclean spirits, those devils begged God. They begged God, they begged Jesus to cast them off into swine so that they may have the possibility to torment another vessel. So Jesus being the sovereign that he is, he took him up on it. He said, okay. And Jesus cast the devils down into the swine. And the Bible said that whenever the the swine became possessed, they violently ran down to a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. Now I'm thankful for the water because it's a picture of the Holy Ghost. And wherever the Holy Ghost is, hell and darkness has to flee this morning. You see, Jesus pardoned the demon-possessed people. And those people that you know of that are bound in addiction this morning, those people that have their minds controlled and influenced and are possessed by the devils and his devices, he's pardoned even those people right there. I also found in my Bible where it talks about the man sick of the palsy as well, another man. And when the man sick of the palsy wanted to be healed, he had his friends pick him up, bring him to Jesus. Jesus sees their faith and tells the man sick of the palsy, listen, this man had a physical ailment. He never, he, he couldn't walk. Uh, this was not, his bone structure probably didn't even have it. The ligaments were probably not even strength enough to even try this. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, arise. Arise. Now, I would never render the text. I, but to make application, I would like to say, repent. Arise. Because what he's asking him to do is to stop laying there where he is, feeling sorry for himself, get up and walk away. He said, arise, take, thy, take up thy bed and walk to thine house. He's saying that I'm going to ask you to do something you've never done before. Your bones and your ligaments and your muscles have never felt the tension. I'm asking you to arise. I'm asking you to repent. And then I'm asking you to never come back to this place. I'm asking you to never return back to the sin that you are living in. And walk to thine house. Go walk a new way. I'm talking about do it by yourself. And just like we've, we've sung before, I can't even walk without him holding my hand. See, when this man sick of the palsy walked away, he didn't leave Jesus. He realized that spiritually, Jesus was going to walk with him every step of the mile. I also see this in the, uh, the, who the gospel pardons this morning. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. Uh, when Jesus was in a, large, a very, very large crowd, there was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. And she pressed forward through the crowd saying to herself, If I may touch His garment, I shall be whole. Amen. Jesus turned around and towards the woman with the issue of blood. When Jesus saw her, do you want to know what He said to her? He didn't say woman with issue of blood. That's what everybody else called her. When they got up in their little holy huddles, started gossiping about her, about, 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 about what's going on in her life, he didn't jump in that holy huddle and start gossiping. 
He didn't say woman issue of blood. The Bible says, Jesus said to her, daughter. Daughter. She had been adopted into the family of God this morning. Woo, glory. Hey, I, said, I said she was no longer called the woman with the issue of blood. She got a new name, and that was daughter of the Most High King this morning. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. And the woman was made whole. She was no longer called the woman with the issue of blood. She is now called daughter this morning. I'm talking about her faith pardoned her this morning. Oh, and I see as well, uh, I see as well the blind men, the blind men that are there. Later, Jesus is walking when two blind men followed him. And you heard me right. You heard me right. According to Matthew chapter 9, 27, two blind men followed Jesus. That's what my King James Bible says. It said two blind men followed Jesus and, and they followed him and they cried out loud, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. They couldn't see Him. They could not physically see them. But their faith saw God for them. Thou son of David, you are the seed of David. You are the Lord God Jehovah. You are the God of the Old Testament. And I know you are who you say you are. And what's He say? He didn't didn't say, Heal me. He didn't say, Let me see. He said, Have mercy! On us. The holiness of God. Manifests itself so much. That they couldn't stand to be in the presence of God. Without falling under conviction. Realizing that they're lost. And they're sinners. And they're on their way to hell. And they said have mercy on us. Jesus asked them. Believe ye. That I am able to do this. He says do you really believe. That I am able to have mercy on you. That's what he's asking. He said, Yea, Lord, Lord. Then Jesus touches their eyes. This is what Jesus says. He says, According to your faith, be it unto you. And the Bible said, Their eyes were opened. Oh, I believe, I believe that my God, my Jesus healed them. But I also see a spiritual healing as well. The blinders of sin had been pulled off. The scales had fallen off. And they now realize that they're now new creatures in Christ. They're alive forevermore. Let me show you with you just a few more examples and we'll move on. I want to show you as well who the gospel, the gospel pardons is a dumb man possessed with the devil. This man was just a crazy man. He couldn't talk. Jesus had a man that was demon possessed that couldn't talk to him. It was brought to him. And Jesus cast the devils out of him. He healed him. And the dumb man for the first time in his life spoke. Jesus healed him and gave him new life. The gospel pardoned him. Oh, but I want to show you this one as well. A Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman at the well. And listen here. She isn't the same gender he is. It's a woman. And she ain't even the same race as he is. He said, preacher, what's the big ordeal? Uh, Jesus crossed over cultural lines. He crossed over racial lines. He crossed over political lines and barriers to speak to this woman. Jesus didn't care about what the world would have to say about him. And said, he saw her and says, I'm going to go through it all. I don't care what kind of persecution comes my way. I am going to try to heal this woman. And you know what he does? You know what he does? He didn't come up so graciously and it's just so sweet. You know what he does? He calls out her sin of adultery. Then, 
Jesus told her that the well that she's drinking from will only make her thirsty again. But the well, the well Jesus has to offer, that's a well of living water this morning. You see, the woman at the well said to Jesus, she says, I've heard that a Messiah is come. Uh, that, that is the Christ that will tell me about these things. Jesus tells her, I am that that speaks unto thee. Him that speaks unto thee, I'm he. I am the one you're talking about. The Bible said that the woman then left her water pot and went away with the well, the well being Jesus this morning. You see, the, the woman at the well came looking. She just come looking for water. She, just, she, just, she was in her same old routine. I'm talking about 11 o'clock sharp, 12 o'clock dull. And her same old routine. Just going through the motions of everything. Until Jesus came by her way and got a hold of her and changed her that very day. See, Jesus is so much more than we can ever even begin to even talk talk about. See, you must experience Him to have salvation this morning. To truly grasp what I'm preaching about this morning. I want to show you as well the Ethiopian eunuch. This, This eunuch was a man of great power. Of great authority in Acts chapter 8. And we find the Ethiopian eunuch was riding in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. Uh huh. Yeah. And the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God told Philip to go near to the eunuch and join thyself unto the chariot. Now let me pause and say this right here. If you want to be led by God, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. If, you want to, if you're trying to figure out why it is that so many things are happening in your life and you can't seem to get over the stronghold, I say it's time you get rid of the sin in your life so that God can fill you with His Spirit. It's not in my notes, but that's free. Now listen. So this, this Spirit filled, filled up Philip and he obeyed God's command. And listen, he runs up. He goes down to the desert, leaves his place, and he sees this unit going in a chariot. Let me show you what that looks like. Hey, man. Hey. Hey. Hey, you. Hey, come here. You understand what you're reading? You understand what you're reading this morning? You say, what in the world will cause a man named Philip to do something as crazy as that out in the desert? The Holy Ghost will do it. The Holy Ghost will do it. I'm talking about this man. Uh, he, whenever he was going along, this eunuch, uh, whenever he was with his horses, he was pulling the chariot, and they thought this man was a wild man. This man was a bold man. This man was Holy Ghost filled. And at the same time, the eunuch didn't just take his sword and attack him. I don't know about y'all, but if I'm headed down the highway and I'm at a red light and somebody comes knocking on my door, hey man, hey man, hey man, rest assured I got one in the chamber. The safety is now off. Alright, I just want to let y'all know that. But this, this Ethiopian eunuch, he, he, he wasn't like that. No, no, instead, the Bible said that Philip asked the eunuch if he understood what he was reading. Then later, Philip began to explain to the eunuch right there that in Isaiah, specifically chapter 53, verses 7 and 8, that the person that he's reading about in the Old Testament is the Lord Jesus Christ. How he was born of a virgin. And how he was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. How he lived a sinless and perfect life. And how he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb uh, uh, dumber before the shearer. And Philip wasn't ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible then says that the eunuch wanted to know what he had to do in order to be dumped. In order to be baptized. 
Then Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. To which the unit replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The Ethiopian unit was pardoned by sin. You say, what can pardon us this morning? The Bible says, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching, preaching, preaching to save them that believe. It's old-fashioned King James Bible, Holy Ghost-filled preaching this morning that will lead a sinner into repentance. And if you've been blood washed and born again, you have been pardoned just like those in the story this morning. Amen. Let me show you lastly, and I'm done. I want to show you the problems the gospel solves. The problem the gospel solves. Simply first, problems in the workplace. Oh yeah. yeah you, you, you ever get a boss man, boss lady, boss somebody that, that just, just wants to be arrogant? I'm talking about like like they what yeah brother I I know it yeah I mean you both are heating in there yeah you know you know what I mean yeah it, it, just they, they everybody they think they think that they are the Christ well let me tell you this it's easy to retaliate because I'll do it I, I get a little chippy myself but you know what the Bible tells us it tells us to pre, to treat our bosses even those that that we don't even want to work for treat them as unto the Lord and in, in other words even though they're not the best to you. You're going to serve God by how you work. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm the type, I'm, I'm kind of a little extra. I get all my work orders done, I'm calling in. Hey, boss, what else can I do? Uh, I mean, I've got another call. Okay, put it on me. Okay. I go right call, I call in. I know they're at home. I'm calling them in. Hey, boss, you got anything else for me? No, man, you're good. Go home. Why am I doing this? I'm treating them as unto the Lord. And what this does, this shows this lost and dying company I work for, that there's something different about me. See, the gospel is preached in my life. It isn't just in words only. The best sermon I will ever be able to preach to a lost and dying world is how I live. And for me, for me, it starts in the workplace. It's how I treat others. It's how I live my life. And so I do everything. The Bible says, whatsoever thy hand find it to do, do with all thy might. I work to the best of my ability. Let me share as well. Uh, the gospel solves problems at home. When we focus on the Lord and, and not our problems or our hang-ups, God begins to work in our lives. See, there's problems in the home. I know y'all think my family is the picture-perfect family. I'm telling y'all, we're not. We're not, okay? But there's problems in the home. Now, that they might be minute to some, or they might be big to others, but there's still problems in the home. And so you want to know how we've been able to make it all these years and how we don't get wore out by our three kids? Because we don't look at our problems. We look at the blessing that God gave us. I purposed in my heart many years ago. I said, God, I don't want the family that I grew up under. I want a Christian home. And so now that God's given me a Christian home, I find myself being thankful for the home that I live in. That I no longer have to go back and experience the trauma that I grew up in. You see, when you start being thankful for what you do have, your problems will vanish. And you realize it just ain't that big of a deal. I shared a video, uh, y'all may have saw it on Facebook, uh, a brother Mark Stroud, and, and I'll, I'll do an injustice and a, and a disservice if I were to even try to replicate what, what the man did. But, but essentially, he gave us quick testimony about a crippled man in a wheelchair and how the crippled man 
He got out of the wheelchair. He crawled up to the altar. And in his broken tongue, he said, God, you've been good to me. I'm talking about, I showed that to my wife, bless her heart. You could just tell that that touched her heart. You know, and tears started flowing just like they did for me. And I realized, you know what? My problems ain't so bad. If a crippled man can crawl to the altar and say, God, you've been good to me. My first world problems are nothing. And see, the gospel solves problems in the home. When we focus on the Lord, all of a sudden our problems are not that big. And that is when God can work on our 